Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Dedicated to the Craft. I'm your host, Jeff Lozano, and on this episode, we are talking all things homebrew summer. What is homebrew summer, you ask? Well, on this episode, you'll find out. I sit down with uh, Mr. Brandon from San Diego Beer News, Mr. Mo, brewer extraordinaire over at Deft Brewing here in San Diego, and Jared, who apparently is just racking up all the medals in homebrewing. So uh, give it a listen, go and check it out. All the information will be found on this episode, and uh, hope to see you soon. Cheers. Brandon, Mo, Jared, thank you so much for jumping back on the show. This one's going to be a, a, a fun one because we're just drinking buddies, and so I intend to do just that, drink with my buddies. <laughs> but... This homebrew summer I'm hearing all about, uh, we're involved somehow, and I want to let the world know, well, what the heck it is. The entire world? The entire world, which is seven people out there. (laughs) (laughs) Three people canceled the day, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, dude, the homebrew summer. Listen. We have have like a full spectrum here, right? Like we have the guy that writes and is everything beer. We have somebody that literally opened up a brewery, and then we got an award-winning, sir, excuse me, <laughs> award-winning hardware-collecting home brewer. So it's kind of like, like all the pieces of this puzzle, right? Like, you need to have the brewery, but you also need to have the homebrew experience in order to even get to that stage. And then you got to have people that, like, just really like it, <laughs> right, and want to know all about That's it. That's kind of easy to find. People who really love beer... But then you're surp- you're almost surprised to find out how many people are as fascinated by the taste, flavor, aroma as the science. I mean, some people like me did really bad at math and science in school. Maybe not so much. But that that's no. what's so interesting is like people say, "Okay, how's this made?" And you tell them, and it, much like when you have a really good beer, it takes you down a rabbit hole. You start talking to somebody mm. about the fermentation process and the ingredients and how careful. and just the different ways to go. And it's just it sends them down this this path, and it can be immensely fun to watch and even for them even more fun to participate in it's always like i I hesitate a little bit once because i always have to gauge beer geek i'm like okay are you too are you beer geeky enough for this next sentence to not like get weird or not and then once you do and you kind of like so that's more about ph and then you just wait. Like, and if they're into it, you're like, oh, okay, cool. Let's have this conversation. <laughs> I, I, I bet you guys get that all the time, especially like homebrewing communities. I mean, that's, I mean, no one's dragging anybody to that. They're just coming in, you know, they're, they're, they're coming in off the streets. And totally. those conversations can get really cool. Yeah, and you, you get people that come to Quaff, the homebrew club, and they'll, they'll, they're just there to have beers and enjoy beers too. So, yeah, you still have to gauge that even at Quaff meetings. Like, all right. If I say the word spunding, what are you going to do? <laughs> They're like, spunding. <laughs> Flocculate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah flocculating is a good one. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's almost one of those things where I've seen more often than not, people not only be receptive to some of the more ancillary components of brewing, but interested in it. Like, I have friends that I would not even think that they were at all five degrees of way of uh from interest in something like the process and they're like oh that's kind of cool so then it goes to what then what happens next i'm like oh you're kind of interested in this you kind of want to know and you should right like mo you own a brewery like it's it must be something nice to have um 
people come up to you and, and, and ask you not only about the inspiration maybe behind the beer, but how you make it? Yeah, we get it all the time, and especially the kind of the way we designed the tasting room at Deft. The bar kind of almost wraps around the brewing area, and so you're at some you know some of the seats in the bar uh, on the bar you're actually looking into the brewing area, and you know if you come on a weekday you're going to see us brewing, um, Peter and myself, and so uh, we always get questions about about. Uh, you know, what are you brewing and how do you do this and that? I love talking about it, but yeah, you always, you always do have to kind of gauge, you know, how the level of detail that you, you get into because once the eyes start glazing over, then it's uh, <laughs> the shark you know, eyes, and then you're little, like, Whoa, you got a little too far. Okay. Are you but here? People are really, they're, they're really uh, genuinely interested in it, and I, I love I love chatting about it. And so, but it's it's all it's it's always fun getting home brewers coming in because they're, they're asking these really deep questions. And, well, quite honestly, th- there are a lot of homebrewers that know a lot more about brewing and about the details of brewing and about ingredients than I do. You know, I, 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 I've always admitted that, and I will continue to admit that. Uh, and that's probably true across the board. There are a lot of homebrewers out there who are so talented that they may be better than many of the, the pro brewers here in San Diego. Just they have circumstances, or their their priorities are different, or they just you know never really were interested in, in opening a, their own brewery. But um, they're incredibly talented, so Absolutely. I'm always learning. Right there at the bar, I'm always learning. Uh, our conversations across the bar, always learning from from these guys and gals. Definitely. What people don't get is that, or some people kind of overlook, is that professional brewing um, and home brewing as avid of a hobbyist that person might be they're two different worlds they're they're two different ways that you're going to develop a recipe they're two different kind of um you're kind of corralled in 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 a way as a professional big production brewery because you need you kind of need to read the market and you kind of need to know i want to do this and this is very exciting but also, I, I, I need to keep the lights on, so I need to sell it. Economics. Economics. Yeah. And as a homebrewer, you can be like, yeah, I think I'm going to put chicha in this. Or, hey, you know what? There's a rabbit foot and whatever. And then, you know, they're just like, you know, stirring the cauldron. And you're like, that's cool. But the beautiful thing about the industry and, like, our relationships is that the homebrewer doing some wild and crazy stuff, that information trickles up, mm-hmm. right? It trickles up. They either open their own brewery and they start putting this stuff into motion or it trickles up and professional brewers, friends, most of the time are like, hey, that's kind of a good idea. I think I might try that. Okay. You know what I mean? You yeah. get to write all about it. Mm-hmm. It's pretty great. But that connection is really kind of, or fostering that connection is kind of what Homebrew Summer is about. It, it's, it's three months of the year where great beer drinking months where we try to connect recreational brewers, professional brewers and have them interact, you know, be it sharing a recipe, getting yeah. people in a brew house together and making a specialty beer or, you know, working off somebody's amateur recipe together and bringing something to their tasting room. So it's, it's a lot of different ways to do that. And, you know, we get the, uh, the home brewers out there who come out to support their buddies as well. And then, you know, they make, they find new breweries that maybe they haven't been to before and, and, you know, spend a lot of time talking to people like Mo, which is pretty awesome. I mean, that, that's my favorite thing about watching, uh, the community, both communities rise, is that it's happened in tandem. It, like he's talking about, people ask me all the time. Brewers, by and large, are really willing to talk to 
you know, people who are interested in their craft. And you don't see that all over the place. It's like, oh, this is proprietary in yeah, other industries, dude. right? But yeah. here it's like, oh, sure. Like, you want to make a homebrew batch of, like, a, I don't know, a Saison at home? Well, let me tell you what's worked for me. Or they ask about the differences between doing it on a homebrew scale and a, a rig like that versus going, like, when you went pro, did you, you know, how'd you scale things up? And it, it can really help somebody who's looking to be entrepreneurial at some point uh, to save themselves a lot of trouble. Like the yeah. trial and error that occurred with somebody else can benefit somebody else. And that's always great. It's not like the grandma who's like, you know, my recipe for lasagna is going to the grave with me. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> instead, the brewers are just like, yeah, dude, you want to make a Dortmunder export? Yeah, let me help you. And yeah. I, I think that's fantastic. So that was where kind of like the genesis for even having something like homebrew summer came from is just, I know the pro brewers will be into it. And I know that our immense amazing homebrew community in San Diego will be too. So right. it's just like, it was a no brainer. Yeah. It, it, when you put it that way, it sounds like, yeah, this should have been going on forever, but this is what your second annual, third annual, second, second, second annual yeah. homebrew summer. And who's involved and what, what's the setup kind of like, like how are we pairing, how are we pairing like Moe's with Jared's and stuff like that? <laughs> how are we pairing Moe's and Jared's uh, uh, <laughs> question that's on everybody's mind? Uh, well, what I did was put a call out to all of the breweries. I'm constantly in contact with them, so it was a really easy thing to do, but said, hey, who would like to participate in this program? There's a couple ways you can do it. You can either take one of your existing beers, uh, make a scaled-down recipe so people can just try it at home. Uh -huh. It's very simple. Or if you'd like, we've got these submitted uh, recipes from home brewers locally that you can pick from, and then I'll pair you up with that home brewer, and you just got to just go. You'll brew it over at your... Uh, brewery and then put it on your tasting room menu people can go and enjoy it very simple there too i said or this year which is different Ooh. if you just got a home brewer that you know this if as a professional brewer you know this home brewer that you would really love to work with just go ahead and reach right out to him i don't even have to pair the mo and the jared at that oh. point it's like mo says well i know this guy he's awesome He's and it's a, kind of a nice way to uh, I don't know reward your regulars who homebrew. Just say, man, you're yeah. always here anyway. Yeah. You want to just like get back at, back of the house and like make a beer together, and then you can go right back to your bar stool and you can drink your own beer. Oh, that's pretty dope. Yeah, so that's pretty dope. That's the three ways people can do it. But we've got uh, over 25 participating breweries, which is pretty cool, and uh, yeah, actually over 30. So are they all yeah. tapping at the same time? Is this like I mean, are they are they going? Is there a sequence, or is it just throughout the summer, this is what's happening? Well, because production schedules can be really tough, you know, mm -hmm. trying to schedule things in, I made it real easy. I said, hey, within the three-month period of summer, brew it whenever you can, whenever you want. And so we've watched these kind of stagger out, and it makes, makes for a really nice uh, program in that, like, every week there's one or two things coming up to yeah, happen or, yeah. or a recipe coming out. But it's really free form, so, uh, yeah, I would say to go news and see what the list is because we've got it out there. Ooh. And then uh, just kind of follow the breweries that you're interested in or live by or, or just go to all of them. All I mean, that yeah. wouldn't be the just worst thing that ever happened. You probably <laughs> should go to all of them. A lot of times. Yeah, last year, these two teamed up and made an outrageously delicious uh, English summer ale. Dude, okay, so that's awesome, and I hope that this catches, like, wildfire to other uh, brewing cities, right? Like, or uh, craft-centric areas of the planet, but... Let's talk about that relationship because you guys already partook in it the first time around. Mm -hmm. And I want to know what that experience was and what each of you got out of it. But before that, let's crack open a little deaf beer, dog. Yeah. Bay Park of San Diego. Mo, tell us a little bit before, before we get into that. 
tell us a little bit about the beers that we're drinking right now. I'm cracking open this something. This one is the Austere Abbott. It's a Belgian single, Belgian-style single. It's, uh, what, about 4.5% ABV. Whoop. That's all I get. It's supposed to. I remember my first Crowler pour. Hey, bro, <laughs> it's for the homeboys. Sadly, this looks like my last nice. uh, Crowler pour. I <laughs> Telling you, I'm not scientific. You would think, you would think that there was there were they would fix this. I, I think, think it's a design issue. Actually, I do think it is. <laughs> really? Yeah. Okay, I that do. makes me feel a lot better. Yeah, because I still do it too. Well, I thought you guys had it figured out on the indie beer show at one point. It was the three quarter crack. I thought Brian had this down. Yeah, I, I do that as well. But there's something about it running down the side, yeah. no matter Ooh, what. Okay, there's still some in here for our producer Rick, who is manning the camera. So I'm gonna put it right here for him. Okay, who doesn't have one? That's uh, I think Brian. There you go. All right. Bay Park of San Diego. Um, tell us a little bit about this beer, Mo. Yeah, so this is, a, again, Belgian single, meant to be kind of a, a, the, the low end of the, uh, the Abbey Ales. Um, it's, uh, this one was our, uh, we, we took home a silver GABF last year for this Woo-hoo. one. Um, yeah, it's, it's, been, it's one of our first beers that we ever brewed four and a half years ago. So No way. Yeah, and it, and the recipe hasn't changed a whole lot. Done a little tweaking here and there, but um, but it's just to me, it's just a really nice, refreshing, entry level Belgian beer. And that's what's the ABV on this guy? Uh, I think it's four and a half. Love it. Yeah. Session uh, and just for the people who don't know what a GABF is, uh, can you explain it because it's pretty prestigious? Yeah, uh, yeah. It's, it's kind <laughs> okay. of a thing, right? Great American Beer Festival. <laughs> it's probably the probably along with the World Beer Cup is. Those are probably the two most prestigious um, uh, beer competitions in the world, and uh, yeah, it's 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 kind of like the Olympics. Uh, you know, getting an Olympic medal if you get a GABF medal. This is damn uh, delicious. And, yeah. uh, thank mm-hmm. you. Appreciate it. Yeah, I think this crawler. We lost a little uh, carbonation in the process, but uh, look at you, stickler <laughs> to the end. No, it's perfect. It's still got nice. Uh, you nice know what? It's JBF it. caliber. Thank you. Okay. Appreciate that. <laughs> and we'll take that. <laughs> I think, though, for the people listening that don't know too much about Deft or you, mm-hmm. you're, you, this, you got hardware, man. You're doing some really good beers over here. Um, we're actually recording this in our tasting room here at Home Brew Mart, which is kind of awesome for the subject matter of this episode, but also we're celebrating our 30th anniversary. Um, we're really the go-to spot here in San Diego as of lately to get your homebrew supplies and stuff like that. Street. And you're, you're right down the street, mm-hmm. and you have an awesome space that – I mean, when when people talk about your brewery, mm-hmm. they always because you are kind of like tucked away a little bit, and they always I always hear it like they almost found an oasis. Yeah. They're like, "Oh, hey, you won't believe that. where I just I just kind of turned made an accidental left turn here, and I stumbled into an awesome brewery." So it's kind of cool that you're making you're making um, this caliber of beer, but it's, you're still kind of like you still have that. Yeah, we're cool actually. Little in the, I mean, we're it's. It, this is a very central location. It's actually easy to get to from anywhere in the city. Yeah. But we're about a block and a half off of um, Morena Boulevard, and so we're kind of, yeah, we're kind of hidden. I always hear, oh, hidden gem, hidden gem, hidden gem. Yeah. Dude. I love that. I love 100%. the fact that we're, we're considered a gem. I wish we weren't quite so hidden, but <laughs> quite honestly, we, um, uh, you know, people are finding us, and, and the, the cool thing is once they find us, uh, generally they like us, and they come back. and. Mm-hmm. We, we, we do very little um, marketing at, at Dev Brewing. We, 
I do a, a, a smattering of social media and whatnot, but it's all been word of mouth and it's worked out really well for us. Just and, and I think a lot of that speaks to the quality of the beer and in my opinion, um, maybe even more so the quality of our staff. We've got a great You have a good staff. staff. We've got a nice... Uh, Knowledgeable and very nice hospitable. Open, uh, uh, tasting room. We've got the great patio now uh, with Lost Cause Meadery. And, and Shout out to Lost Cause. They were just on the show. Go listen yeah, to that episode because Billy's great. They're awesome. Billy and Susanna are awesome and, and their staff. And then uh, uh, Chris and Jimmy at, at Pizza Cassette, our, our new full-time partner over there. So the three businesses are, are collaborating on that that big outdoor space. So, so it's, 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 it's a cool place to, to hang out and people are really liking it. And I think if you, if you give them good, solid beer, they, they're, they're happy and they tell their friends and yeah. it goes, goes from there. Now, speaking of the beer, what I really like about Deft is that your beer list is kind of up my alley in that going around to breweries, I go to a lot, you know, in, in this city and other cities as well. It's great to find a tap list that kind of bucks the trend and also kind of bucks the opinion that, you know, we're talking about keeping the lights on and whatnot. I can only make these three styles of beer because that's what people want right now. It's like, sure, you can make those styles of beers, but I like what you're doing because you're celebrating the styles. You know, people say, I brew yeah. what I want to drink. You really... You're really doing it, dude. And, and I love that. <laughs> yeah, but I, do, it's true. but I, would, I would love it if you'd share kind of the styles you make because... It, it, it's like a world tour going to your place versus oh, kind of like, you, oh, this is what all the hipsters yeah. like. Well, that's what we're going for. It's uh, Quite honestly, it's we're brewing the beers that I like, but also we're brewing the beers that we know how to brew best. And that's coming coming from... So I was a home brewer for, for a long time before starting Deft, and I was in Quaff. I still am. And I've learned a lot from the home brewers, but home brewers tend to really like... There's something about doing traditional styles and bringing back traditional styles, especially some of those styles that you just don't see uh, more, you know, as often around here. Um, and going back 20 years, from what I hear, I wasn't homebrewing uh, back then, but a lot of homebrewers were brewing. Be- they were brewing because they could brew styles that they couldn't find elsewhere. Right. Yeah. Now they're in. A, we're in a situation where we've got all these great breweries here in town who are brewing all these, you know, different great styles. Um, but I just fell in love with brewing um, the, the traditional, the classic styles from basically we, uh, Germany, Belgium, uh, and the British Isles. And so those are the styles that we focus on. We always have a couple of hoppy options, a couple of IPAs. Right, yeah, yeah. Uh, usually uh, of our 15 taps, two are uh, IPAs, and the rest are, are going to be um, usually fairly balanced between the German, um, uh, British, and Belgian offerings. I like that a lot because unless you're a home brewer or a brewer by, you know, whatever, whatever, in in any um, degree of expertise, you do know or that you'll quickly soon realize is that these traditional beers, as boring as they might seem in in a world full of radical new styles where they're throwing Rice Krispies and styles, milkshake styles, dude. there's there's such a demand for refreshing beers that you want to go back to time and time again, and history kind of already figured that out for us. I don't know where we just said, "Hey, no, no, I'm too cool for that beer. I'm too cool for the Czech Pilsner." Like, but it's like you drink these beers when they're done when they're done right, and you go, "Oh yeah, that's why it's still around." Yeah. Oh yeah, that's beer, and no knock on the triple IPAs and the milk shop, milkshake 
IPAs or whatever's out there. There's a whole nother sector of, 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 um, of flavors that you can tap into in that, in that realm. But then you drink like a, 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 like a real crisp, well-fermented dunkle, and you're going, oh, there's something different about this. Something that seems very simple, but is not. And that's what homebrewers figure out. Homebrewers figure out, how do I, how do I make this ancient beer, this beer that has, is so naked, so open to criticism because any imperfection will be out there, ready to go, and, and, and it's going to get found. How do I perfect this? And that's what I, I, I tend to think that that's why homebrewers um, develop such an aptitude for traditional style beers. And on the, on the big production end of things, if you've been around long enough, you start to sway a little bit into the unknown, into the, into the trendy and the retro and the out there. I don't know. What do you think, Jared? Because I, I think that, that, that traditional brewing is the hardest brewing. Uh, it certainly can be because there, yeah, there's nothing, there's no hype hop to hide behind. People aren't just going to be like, oh my gosh, this has, to segue into the beer we're drinking, nectar on. Like, that's a super hype hop. But you're not going to find, like, a Czech Pilsner is not going to be made with nectar on. Yeah. Um, and say, from the home brewing side, I'd rather brew those styles because I can go get amazing IPAs and pale ales and Pilsners from breweries here in San Diego. I'm not going to find a dark mild very many places. I'm not going to find Irish unless it's March. I'm not going to find many Irish stouts. Oh, so but you make your own, baby. I do make my own Irish stout. Yeah, and it wins medals. And it wins Apparently medal. it wins medals. It okay, yeah. we got we got to talk about this at this point. It's, like it's the, the elephant it's, in the room, it's dude. The, it's the, it's the uh, metal-clad elephant in the room. Yeah. Please tell us about that, and then we'll go right back to what we were talking Listen, about. Listen, home brewer, I know you weren't going to bring it up yourself, so we I had to bring it up no. for you. I, I mean, I thought about wearing the medal in. But that, ah, that, you should have. That should have been the only thing you were wearing. <laughs> Just my my speedos and my. Oh no no! I said the only oh. thing you were wearing. <laughs> oh. well, depends where. Yeah, much is. much like that dunkel is naked, and you can yeah. see every imperfection. <laughs> right. That could have been you. Yeah. <laughs> tell us, tell us, sir. Tell us, sir, about this. Uh, but yeah, the national homebrew competition. The awards were back in late June. Um, about 4,000 entries this year. Whoa. And I got to hear my name called in the Irish Stout category for a silver medal. So that recipe has been 10 years in the making, basically since I started home brewing. Wow. So just little tweaks here and there. So I guess finally dialed it in with a little bit of help from Mo. Actually, I dropped him off a bottle of version 10. He gave me a few pointers, a few notes, and I took those. And there we go, version 11 was the winner. Well, Ken, yeah. for, for any home brewers that might be listening, or professional brewers for that matter, Shed a little light on what maybe that that um, that back and forth was between you and Mo. Like, what makes a good Irish stout, in your opinion? Good level of roast is key. Like, it's got to have that coffee roast. But I kind of wanted to balance it out with a little bit of chocolate. So I kind of tweaked with two different roasted malts. Um, I mean, it's got to have big body, but it's also a session beer. So that's a tough balance to find. Because if it's a low ABV, it's not going to have a lot of residual sugars to give it that body and mouthfeel. So I upped fermentation temperature to the pretty high side. That kind of leaves more residual. This is, are your eyes glazing over yet? We had this conversation. <laughs> Bro, you're talking how, to geeks. How, it's how okay. Deep, how deep can I get into You can get go, go, yeah, go Higher fermentation deep. temperature leaves more residual sugars, some more body, more mouthfeel. And if you're drinking an Irish stout, again, you're expecting a full-bodied beer. And that's hard to do, especially in my bottle condition, my beer. So that's hard to get without the nitro, which gives it the extra creaminess, extra body. So just figuring out that, like how to how to turn a Guinness into a homebrew version. So 
And so yeah. I'll ask the question that all local homebrewers are now thinking: What's Mo's going rate for assistance? You know, like, <laughs> yeah, what are you charging, Mo? What, what's your help? Apparently, like? when you help, when it, it, it wins you, medals. If you buy a pint uh, at Daft Deer, I'm, I'm happy to answer any questions. <laughs> that, I'll, I'll up his rate for yeah. him. I usually drop him off a six pack of homebrew. So. <laughs> yeah, oh, okay, I'm good all right, that, yeah. dude, you're expensive, <laughs> we, man. We, yeah, we get a lot actually. It's 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 fun, and as far as I'm concerned, yeah, it's. Um, I, it's it's free. Just you know, as long as you're a customer, you're, you're, even if you're not a customer, I'd I'd be happy to talk to you. But I knew I knew but, you were uh, gonna drop that immediately. honestly, but but um, but yeah, no, I I, I, I think most people, you know, if uh, they they come, they get some advice, and they sit down and have a pint, and cool. Do you so, have beers? Do you have beers at your own spot and sit down and chit chat and stuff? Um, or are you yeah, pretty beat after a hard I, day's work? It's uh, it, well, kind of depends. Um, I I do I, I do a lot. Uh, last uh, couple months, I've been I've been doing my own brewing. Uh, Peter Hausen, our, our our brewer, was doing a fantastic job. He was out for a while, so I had to jump back into brewing. I was doing uh, uh, all the brewing uh, with some help with uh, from Courtney, one of our our beer tenders, who have been training awesome. to um, to do some uh, cellar work and, and whatnot. And uh, and so uh, yeah, so. It, that that was a, a situation though, over those couple of months where I just wanted to when I was done well I was still usually still brewing and still working when folks were coming in so I'd have a, a quick conversation and whatnot but but uh, outside of that time period I, I love chatting with with folks and so yeah, yeah it's, absolutely it's yeah, very rare that I go to depth and I don't get five minutes of no time it's yeah. fantastic I always love chatting it's a them. premium too that yeah. you're paying for that by the way that's <laughs> 10 minutes is two six packs is it a six well, that, pack per five for, that's for you know feedback and stuff usually we're just Ah, dude, well, look, and, it, and it's, it's a beautiful, the reason specifically kind of like why I ask is because you can tell a lot about an, uh, an establishment when the people that work there are there mm-hmm. hanging out when, when they're enjoying the fruits of their labor, right? You know, yeah. it's hard work that goes into it. And then the, the mere fact that you can sit down and chat with guys like Jared or other, um, you know, aspiring brewers or people that are just interested, people that are just Hot visiting... Growers. Hop growers, oh, those are the best conversations. In, yeah, 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 yeah those are the best. Um, but it's, it's kind of like this free, fluid exchange of information that our industry is founded on. It's like you don't get better unless you talk to the people that are doing it better. And it's like iron sharpens iron. And I don't necessarily think that too many other industries have that same sort of rapport. It's 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 this it's this open network and we're all friends, but we're competitors. But we're friends. And it's like competitors is a weird thing to throw out there, but you go like, no, we're not competitors, dude. We're just two breweries doing the same thing, sure. and right. and so that that's kind of cool. You yeah, know what I, I, mean? I don't think I've ever run into a pro brewer that I've asked them a question. They've been like, oh no, I can't tell you about that. Like, I have. I won't name the names. Yeah, Tom, I know. I know. But I have. Yeah, yeah it's. It's, it, and that's kind of why this is such an, a beautiful thing, like this homebrew summer campaign, this whole, thi- this whole thing that you're doing with the homebrew summer. That's what I love because as beer becomes big business, it's only natural that there's going to be secrets because, yeah. you know, in, in a, I hate to use this term so loosely, but like in, in, a, in a saturated market or at least a perceived saturated market, people get nervous, man. They go like, yo, I got this new thing. I got this new nectar on hot brew. I don't want to do it. I don't want to 
tell anybody how to use this because um, it's doing really well in my tasting room and this is gonna this is gonna be my thing. And then you realize really soon after that actually the more you the more you make that popular, the more you benefit from it. It's not it's not a it's not one of those things where like a pharmaceutical company, for instance, yeah, you gotta get that medicine, and they're the only ones that make it, dude. It doesn't work for the beer industry to kind of keep that proprietary stuff to themselves because the, the the more you let the floodgates open, the more your neighbor's gonna probably figure it out better than you, which is better for you. Like it really is. You will rise to the occasion. Like you don't you don't want a brewery on your block that's half-assing it. You know, just because they can, just because they're the only ones there. You want some competition in there because anybody that's coming to San Diego to visit Craft Mecca of the world, baby, I said it, um, they're going to want to know that there's some sort of competition there because, like I said, the cream will rise to the, to, to the top. And if, if, the, if, the, if the worst brewery in town is still making world-class beer, whoa, <laughs> that's awesome, dude. You know what I mean? I need a bottle opener because I'm looking at this bottle and I'm, I'm not, I'm not, uh, oh, d- look, hold, hold on, dude, I got this. Why don't you talk a little bit about what I'm about to pop open, bro? Oh, How many go. beer guys does it take oh, yeah. to open? Dude, I usually do it, yeah, I usually there do it with go. my teeth. What was gonna say? Yeah, but. So this one is a beer Lux uh, barrel aged. Uh, this one is a, uh, a Belgian Golden Strong that we barrel aged for 12 months in a peach brandy barrel. And in my, in my opinion, um, Peach, of, of all the fruits, peach is probably the, the one that goes best with uh, Belgian beers. Absolutely. And um, this one came Why out is that? So Why do you fun. think that is? I don't know. It's just the, 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 that peach flavor just pairs so well. Mm-hmm. It looks beautiful. It smells. I can smell it right now. Yeah. Jesus. I'm very excited to try it. Uh, yeah. Before I try this, since you're talking about beers you've made, let's talk about a beer you haven't made yet, but will. For homebrew mm-hmm. summer, what's what's your? Yeah, let's see what uh, that one is. It's called Right Time Roggen Place. It's a, <laughs> Wait, it's a say that again. <laughs> right Time Roggen Place. It's a it's a Rogan beer um, that we're going to be brewing with uh, with Jacob Gottlieb, Jim Connor, and David Lord. Um, three homebrewers from Quaff. Um, we we chose their recipe. Uh, we actually um, so we had. So Brandon had, had sent um, the, the list of, of um, beers that were up, up there, and we wanted to find, for us, it's, it's a matter of finding, um, finding a beer that not only we want to we participate, but we also want to find a beer that fits in with our, our classic styles. You know? and, yeah. and Rogan beer is something you don't see very often. It is a classic you know, German a rye style. It's, it's uh, brewed with, with rye. Uh, malt, which is something very unique, and it adds a, a very different spicy character to it. And so, um, so yeah, we're going to be doing that. Here, here, um, here's a big question that I'm sure you guys get and or talk about a lot. Um, for the beer geeks listening, myself included, I'm just curious, your rye percentage that you use in your grist, how, what, in your experience, because I know it all depends, uh, especially on your system, like, what percentage of rye do you like if you are going to use rye how much do you so tend to like done, to use uh, we def have only done one other uh rogan beer in the past and that was early on that was probably in our first year and i don't recall what we did i think we did probably about 50 percent rye 
50. Uh, something Watch. like 50%. Oh, wow. um, Whoa. That's high, uh, right? Did, did you have a stuck mash? Uh, it, 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 was, it was a challenge. It was, <laughs> okay. it was a big challenge. Um, so this is a perfect example of where we're going to, because we haven't done it since, we're going to learn from these guys. So, so, so these guys are, are clearly talented brewers. Um, uh, hopefully they'll learn a lot from us, and we'll, we'll tell them you know, everything they want to know, and they'll get to, to um, uh, you know, hang out with us and see our equipment, see how we do things. Um, if any of them have aspirations of potentially uh, you know, starting a brewery in the future, that might give them some ideas. But even if they're just, you know, they'll, they'll continue as home brewers, They'll probably learn from from us too because you know our our system is is um, I, I consider it a, a scaled up homebrew system. <laughs> it's, it's, it it's unique for sure. It is. It's very having, unique. Having brewed on it last yes. year. Yes. Yeah. So what? Okay. Yeah. So what makes it so yeah. unique? It's just it, it's just a big like scaled up homebrew system. It's it's a it's a it's a what, what would you call it a Franken system or something? Yes, it's, absolutely. Um, so you know most breweries. Uh, most breweries that start up, you know, you'll, you'll get the premier stainless, you know, 15 All barrels, the bells, all the whistles. Bells and whistles and everything. And, you know, we, from the very beginning, that was always my, I'm, I'm a tinker, I'm, a, I'm, I'm an engineer, and also I wanted to bootstrap this thing. I, we didn't want to get this big uh, uh, invest, investor team on board. We wanted to just kind of do it ourselves. So I've got, I've got one other... Um, my wife and I have one other partner, and then some some uh, um, some minor investors. And um, so we, it, when you do it that way, you really have to figure out how to how to do yeah, it on the I cheap, bet. you know. But make it make it work, um, and and still create quality beer. And so we, it, it's just a it's a mishmash of equipment that we picked up from a brewery up in north of LA. Uh, some new equipment here. Um, most of the equipment we we've, we've modified ourselves, you know. So it's really a lot of um, it's it's stuff that homebrewers do all the time, right? Sure. They're they're constantly tinkering with their equipment and everything. So so uh, so again, it's it's like when somebody brews with us, they they kind of realize, wow, this is a lot like us, except for on a bigger scale. And oh, this is a cool thing. And that that'd right. be interesting to yeah. do. And, yeah. yeah. Vice versa, I you know I, I learned from Jared. I'm going to learn from these guys about, for instance, you know like you know why why this amount of, of rye. Uh, off the top of my head, I don't know exactly how much rye we're going to be using in this particular um, recipe, but you know like why and how how are we going to make sure we we uh, avoid a stop. Right, or, right. Or, you know, it's a beautiful so. dynamic. When you guys worked together mm-hmm. last year, how what was uh, some t- some big takeaways? From that experience, I'm sure you each have some. Oh, yeah. Well, my biggest takeaway was just dry yeast. Because we were going to, I think my original recipe used White Labs 007 or 02, something like that. And I was like, well, I have this pack of SO4 from Fermentis. You don't have to make a starter. You don't have to oxygenate the work because there's plenty built into the process of how they're making the yeast. So you literally just take the yeast, dump it in, you're done. So Whoa, that, that it's is like ti- that's time tang. Saving, time it's like saving. the tang of... You can brew on the like last minute because you don't have to have a starter made. Like mm-hmm. So dry, dry yeast has been my biggest takeaway, and that's kind of what I've gone to on my home brewing. Huh. Honestly, quite honestly, I'll, there are a lot of breweries who have also come to this epiphany over the last, what, five years or whatever. But Fermentis, for instance, is one of them. Lalamont's another. Um, huh. Fermentis, we, we kind of 
jumped on the bandwagon a few years ago when I I, uh, I attended a um, they had a seminar here somewhere in town uh, for a, a bunch of breweries and they were just talking about you know like answer your questions and talking about all their different dry yeast and mm-hmm. everything and I we were using a little bit of it but we we um, we wanted to learn more and for instance the homebrewers always have a packet of dry yeast in their refrigerator as a backup. <laughs> Just ready to and go. probably do too. As, Absolutely. As a backup in case uh, the fermentation stalls or something you can pitch, or boost. if something happens to your your yeast, you can just throw that on top. It's always a backup, but everybody thinks, okay, well, it's just used for a backup. The other uh, kind of wives' tale is, is that um, you can't harvest uh, um, dry Yeah, yeast, that's the big one, right? Which a lot of people seem to think, but guess what? We can harvest, and we can harvest very well, and we can create some pretty damn good beers with that harvested yeast. So, um, so that's that's, and we again we learned that from talking with the fermentist folks, and there were a lot of other breweries that were represented there. Hmm. So yeah, so we what's the big what's the big pushback for all this for all these years? What what why were people so opposed to um, dry yeast if it's so effective? You can harvest all that stuff. What was this obsession with liquid yeast? I think, my yeah, only, I think my only guess is that was like the OG. That's all you could get back in the days. So uh-huh. Technology started coming out where you could get the liquid stuff. You could get what was well, perceived have, as better stuff. Yeah, but, we have White yeah. Labs here in town. And but while White Labs was, you know, kicking ass, I'll say, like then the dry yeast had to catch up. So I think the technology of the dry yeast came just as far, kind of like we were talking about earlier. Once one brewery kind of takes off, it kind of. Yeah. Else. yeah. So same yeah, yeah. thing. White Labs was killing it, and then so dry yeast had to catch up. Well, I can drink beers. Like if you gave me a flight, I can identify which one used dry yeast and which one used liquid yeast. That's just a gift of mine. I don't you know. Can't. Cool. I don't, <laughs> believe, I don't <laughs> believe that in a second. No, dude. Not, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> not at all. Um, <laughs> this beer was decanted from a can. Yeah. <laughs> from a bottle. Oh man, I know that. Uh, yep. 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 Um, no, I cannot do that. But the fact that the fact that there was such a no, you can't is to say that you're going to get a product that is indifferent. Or like you can't differentiate between, let's say, a, a liquid yeast and a dry yeast. Like that's the response you want to it, right? Well, I could tell the difference. Like, no, you can't. Like, oh, good. That there's your argument for dry yeast or yep. blah blah yeah. blah. You know what I mean? Yeah, White Labs has, has good, I mean, we've been customers, long-time customers for White Labs, too, here locally, and, and you love the fact, love supporting the local business, um, and they have great yeast, and we still use their yeast also, but uh, we used to use them almost primarily, I, I, not almost, almost solely, I should say, but now we've kind of, uh, we've, we've done a lot more with some, uh, with, with Fermentus, and for yeah. instance. I think one of the glories of homebrewing, and Clearly, as an observer, I've homebrewed, but not very good at it. I think one of the coolest things is that there are a million ways to skin these cats. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just this is the way you do it. It's the only way you do it. And if you ever deviate, you're an idiot. <laughs> there's always, much like with beer, there's just so much to learn. And there's so many new things coming along. It's not you know, stagnant. It just keeps evolving. And there's new tools that are coming out. I mean, just hops alone. You look at the, the hot products that exist and you... Well, okay, that's different. People are trying new stuff out all the time, and it makes it really fun to make something truly your own, and you can just, you know, like, tenth version of my yeah. porter. Mm-hmm. Well, if if there was only one way to do it, you would just like fine tune all that stuff. But yeah. it, how boring would that be? It's like I don't want to keep making things the exact same way right. all the time. I want to improvise and 
try to make the process more efficient or up this and you know take this down a little bit I it, it seems great it's almost makes it more of like a cooking versus baking thing or when you're baking to the letter when mm-hmm, you're cooking yeah. oh man I'm just like I'm winging right. it to some extent yeah, I've got the foundation and then I'm just winging it and having some fun with it, making it my own I, yeah I, th- I think I think with brewing as long as you don't cut any corners with cleaning and sanitizing that's that's the one thing you can't do. Yeah, yeah. Other than that, he can tell there's, when you. There's a lot of. I can so tell when it's yeah. Yeah, he can. Yeah, tell. yeah. If it, it was if it was um, iodine uh, for sanitation, or if we were using. No, you can't. <laughs> I meant you could tell no. if they did or did not. You can but say, yeah, okay, you can. You can definitely. I know the rake speed. I can drink the beer the and know your rake speed. And be like, yo, you, yeah, you, you laudered at this amount of gallons per minute. This was manual. Mm-hmm. Your, your mash temperature was a little too high. You were happy. Than, uh, you yeah. were happy brewing this. I could tell. I can taste it. I would think you were happy brewing this. Honestly, oh, yeah. that that's not even a stretch. I know it sounds goofy, but like happy happy brewers make happy beer kind of deal. You can project a lot of what you think about the brewery. You can project it on the product. And so a lot of times, and this is just kind of something that I say um, often, is that I can drink let's say, an all right beer. But if I love the guys behind it, or gals behind it, then it becomes a great beer, right? And I can drink a world-class beer. The beer advocate gave it eight stars out of four. I'm like, I just didn't enjoy it because maybe maybe I, there's something that I don't mesh with, with that particular brewery. Like, especially if I know too much. I'm like, oh, no, man, I don't. Thank you, man, but no thank you kind of deal. And I think that that, that says a lot about, you know, people's um, conscientious consumerism when, when it comes to whether, uh, let's say, a craft beer brewery is independent or not. You know, that's, that's where that starts to come into play. But yeah. um, what I'm saying in all of that is that, yes, this beer that I'm drinking and knowing you, knowing it, you yeah. makes me enjoy it that much more. I would have enjoyed Thank it alone in my little den by myself, dude. Right. But knowing you and having this conversation with you guys makes this beer so much more memorable, so much yeah. better. And I'm going to take that, and it's going to become nostalgic. And that's what people do. You know, find your beach. All of these, these things that big marketing firms have figured out, they know they're tapping into that feeling. Yeah. It's not the beer, man. It's the feeling. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And so... Honestly, that's something that I think is being propelled by something like Homebrew Summer. You're getting people um, that can learn from each other so that they can make a better product. Yeah, kind of like the strength of Homebrew Summer, in my opinion, is the fact that we're playing off strengths. So we have homebrewers who are bringing their best recipes, things that they're very proud of, to the forefront, allowing other people to see it, to brew it. We have professional brewers who make great beer already, you know, being kind enough to bring them in teach a little bit and just offer everything they have um i'm gonna mention our sponsor which happens to be home brewmar for the second straight year and what no, no, I'm i didn't know it. that now i don't generally always mention a sponsor but i will mention them not because you help make it happen but because you're a good sponsor home brewmar has been fantastic from the last year to this year because all of the breweries recipes from the uh, professional ones to the home brewers have been put into a PDF that you can get by going to the website. So even if you miss out on the beer, or if you get the beer and you think, this is great, I'd love to actually try to make this myself, or see at least kind of like the methodology behind it, it's all there, and it's in that like awesome you know, two-page Homebrew Mart uh, 
template, no which idea. actually gives you like way more information than I could ever use, and I really like it. But it's a lot of work on the part of Derek over here. Shout out to who, Derek, he, by he, the way. He's not I mean, here right now, like but serious champ. So much work he's put into this, and it's all for the betterment of that. So that, playing off another strength, there's that. It's not just like, yeah, yeah, put our name on that. It's actually a lot of work on his part, so I really want to make sure he gets recognized. And then because I don't brew well. And Relax, you probably I, you, do. I do all right, but I play off my strength, which is as a coordinator and somebody who can help to get the word out about these beers and what's happening and make it worthwhile for everyone to do it. I mean... Brewers can be like cats sometimes, but, you know, I, I've gotten really good at kind of hurting them. Hurting right? them in. <laughs> feral. A lot of them are feral, sir. Um, that, no, you are. You're really good at that. So that's what I can bring to the equation. It's really not just about me or San Diego Beer News in particular, but just, like, I get to be the ringleader of all that and make sure that these things happen, that people get to interact and have a really meaningful experience. There's a lot of things that I do with my website, but this is one of the proudest things I do because it really doesn't necessarily have a giant impact on what I do. But it has a giant impact on people and keeping these communities together. And, and that's really cool. I mean, every Man, program will tell you, homebrewing home community is one of the things that has made us such an awesome place for beer. Wow, that was beautiful. And I think it speaks to what we're all about, man. Just collaboration. Not sharing. Uh, I mean, not, not, not holding secrets back. And when you know that something can better the industry, you want to share it so that the industry that you're a part of gets bettered, right? It's kind of, when you put it down on paper, it looks pretty obvious, you know what I mean? But like, in the heat of the moment, in the heat of things, especially when, I don't know, like, uh, saturation comes into somebody's mind, or I don't know, some bug going around that's going to shut the whole world down. Like, you start to get, you start to get like, very, no, 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 no. I need to protect what I know is mine so that I can survive. And I do think that it's a natural urge or natural response to an ever-changing industry that beer is. It's evolving so freaking fast that once you catch up to it, you're already too late. So what, once you figure that out, it spawns this front-runner type mentality where you're not we're trying not to follow any trends because you know that the trends, you're already too late to them anyways. So you try to set them. And then once you're in a city that is setting trends in our, you know, relative to our industry, then you get crazy beers. You get, you get, a, you get a spot to go to whether you're looking for a murky milkshake, bottom of the Sunny Delight bottle kind of beer, or <laughs> a clean, crisp Czech Pilsner, or a, a, a proper uh, bitter, you know, Eng, you know, English bitter, to something the best pale ever with nectar on like you're gonna be able to get something out of it and this you hurting all the cats together and having them all play nice and exchange all these secrets that just it it, it just helps everybody else you know what i mean it so, helps when they already play nice but yeah. oh they are and then I'm just well like, i don't know mo and, and jerry they 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 fight like cats and dogs, probably. More like dogs. Oh, more like dogs. Like dog yeah, beach. I, dog beach. I was kind of hoping day. to be sitting over there because. Ah, you know, dude. So who else is uh, real quick? Because we got to wrap this up. But who's who's who? Who else is part of this? Um, so Deft, you're part of it. Who else has signed up? And you don't have to s- write mean, them all off. Well, I'll give my shout out to White Labs, who I was teamed up with this year. Dude. So got to brew an English porter with White Labs. Um, my recipe had meadow foam honey in it. So uh-huh. if you're going to talk about honey, who are you going to talk to? 
Billy Belts from Lost Cause. Oh. So we asked him about Metafoam. He hooked us up um, with his supplier, which sounds strange, but anyway. <laughs> so he had to go outside the county for this. Uh-oh. Yeah, yeah you're not even supposed to talk about it. Anyway, but yeah, so it was kind of a three-way collaboration between myself, Lost Cause, White Labs, um, yeah, so it's an English English porter with meadow foam honey. Whoa, that's pretty and dope. Shout out to Eric Robinson who had the original recipe for the English porter, which won the very first time he brewed it won gold medal in HC. So it's a little, yeah, wow. Oh, he will you excuse it one, us. You brewed it one time and you get a gold medal. Whatever. Oh, but bragging Eric, rights for life. Eric that's bragging rights talented. for life. It was already yeah. a great English porter. Yeah. We, we collaborated on a homebrew scale, added the honey a couple different times, landed on meadow foam as the winner. And yeah, now I got to bring it to White Labs. Yeah, so, boy. August Look at 5th, you. Huh? He's collecting heart. Oh, August 5th, Miramar White yes. Labs station room. Sometime in August, we'll say. But August 5th is what we're tracking for for a release. So hopefully yeah, we'll see d- you all definitely there. Definitely check the, the White Labs socials and uh, website for that. And San Diego News. Yeah, that's pretty good, too. Thank oh, I've heard of them. They're good. They're good. Yeah. That, uh, they're a good uh, resource for everything craft. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> Mo, what are you, what are you, what are you uh, doing this year for for it? For uh, the homebrew summer, homebrew summer. Get- so, so yeah, we've got the collaboration coming up. We had hoped to do it at the beginning of the summer, um, but because of um, uh, said setback that we had a little bit uh, with with the brewing, mm-hmm. uh, we're just trying to keep up with the yeah. Yeah. quite honestly, yeah, which I is bet. a nice problem to have. But when you have a small system, it's it's a, it's a, a real issue. So so we've been brewing like crazy, um, but uh, we'll be uh, we've got a date set to okay. work with them in early September. Um, so, and then, uh, we'll finally get that brewed up and then we'll be uh, releasing that probably later in September. Anything, uh, do you have anything Rogan in mind? Rogan do you know beer. what you're brewing? That's the, the, the Rogan beer. Oh, the Rogan beer. Okay. Yeah. That, okay. Yeah, that's the one that you're going to make. Okay. Cool. Rye, cool. 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 Um, a, a German rye. Beer. I think the Rogan beer is great for late September. Like if that's when you, you're going to agree. So it, yeah, as you get into fall, it's a perfect a matter of fact, it might be ready for our Deftoberfest, which is the, the end of Ooh, September. So we've got two, two week, uh, yeah. Week, uh, Tell me more about that because I know it's fun. <laughs> Deftoberfest, uh, every year we do, uh, uh, it's a, a, a two-week celebration of German style. So the majority of our, our taps will be uh, loaded up with German styles, classic German styles. So we'll bring bring out a whole bunch of different ones, and, and the Rogan beer will will fit right in there. So, so it's, break out it's your, dying break out your for pretzels yeah. and brats to go yeah. with it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so it's, it's a lot of fun. I'm and, excited you know, about we that bring one. Bring out your lederhosen and your dirndls. Oh yeah, do uh, people get all dressed up for yours? It's, it's a lot of. Some do. Some. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> no, they do. I will be. I'll be. I'll be walking around. Oh, that, now I'm there. Yeah. Now I am there, baby. <laughs> yes. So that'll be. Yeah. It's it's always a lot of fun. Um, uh, yeah. So it's probably the my favorite time of the year. But I bet. I bet. Drink it by the stein. Um, so any other mentionable call-outs for this because you said there's like 30 dude but like well i mean there really are a lot from north county all the way down to the south bay but um any in particular that you're excited small, about? oh geez i'm actually excited about almost all of them but i can't believe we have two rogan beers coming out so some of the breweries that have given us recipes from theirs are like uh virgin mm-hmm. pretty awesome with their hazy yeah. ipa yeah. We have Ho Dad's and their brown ale, which what? is pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, it, it throwback brown. I mean, the Padres brought, brought back the brown, so why not them as well? 
got uh, Booze Brothers and some others like that. But then people who are teaming up. I mean, I'm pretty excited to be brewing with Tom Nickel from Nickel Beer Company. What? I, nice. I, I got dude. myself Shout involved in Tom. this because every year we actually homebrew a uh, birthday beer together because he was born on August 13th. I'm August 14th. Oh, I wow. avoided the Friday the 13th thing. He didn't get so lucky. Um, <laughs> but we decided, hey, you know. I'm a home brewer, technically, so let's go ahead and do that together. That'll be really fun. Oh, that's Brian exciting. Stuff that's cool. like that. But we got you know, just a ton of great breweries. Like, I, 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 the best thing you can do is to sign up for uh, San Diego Beer News' newsletter because that, every week we put down what's coming out, and we make sure that you get the recipes that came out for that week. Or you just go to the website and go ahead and like find out what's going on. But Listen, that's, that's the easiest way because there are over 30. That's pretty Yeah, rare. that's a lot. And I put you on the spot, but I did like to hear what you said. And I'm glad that you got to plug Old Nickel over there because he has a, such a sweet spot over there. He does, and, he does. And, and it's, quite, it, it, it's quite the treat when you, when you go out there and make the trek to go out to his, uh, to his brewery. And he's such a cool guy. Um, San Diego Beer News, no doubt about it, is probably in San Diego, obviously, is, uh, and, and not limited anymore. Man, you're over well, there going. Uh, you're going to other states. The dog. travel column has been great. The I travel column. There and doing that. But subscribe to the newsletter if you're at all interested in the homebrew summer. Just make sure that you follow San Diego Beer News. Follow Deft and Mo over there. Jared, mm-hmm. avid Quaff member, avid award-winning homebrewer. Um, Ballast Point. We're we are Homebrew Mart is a sponsor. So if you want more information, follow us. But. You're doing you're doing the Lord's work, my friend, for our community with what you write. I'm glad the Lord likes beer as much as I do because it is really really fun. I mean, talk about the best. He started beer. turning water into beer uh, recently. I heard uh, it was on Twitter. Yeah, something. Oh, like shoot, that. I that was an update. You know, if it wasn't on Sandy Beer News, I can't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, man, we got to wrap it up, and I wish we're not going to wrap up drinking. We're just going to stop recording. <laughs> um, but honestly, man, thank you guys so much for being not not just on the show, but such influencers, I guess, in the in the industry. If it's not for home brewers, we don't get pro brewers. If it's not for pro brewers and home brewers coming together, we don't get people to care about it. And if we don't get people to care about it, we'll never get San Diego Beer News. We don't get people to write about it. And so it is this nice synergy that we have in our industry. And it is one of those things really, really, and I'm being dead serious, that from the ground up, from the from the guys in the trenches, you know, taking grenades, trying to experiment with new yeasts, trying to experiment with new styles, trying to experiment with new equipment and efficiencies and all that stuff, that stuff trickles up. The cream rises to the top, and then we all benefit from it, from enjoying um, just delicious beer in the city. And it's, it's, it's quite an honor to be a part of an industry in a city that you can roll out of bed into a world-class brewery. That's pretty ridiculous you know what i mean and so um i'm glad that everybody got to hear your spiel on it i'm glad that everybody that hasn't met you guys before got to meet you so cheers to good beers my friend shout out fucking hobby beer hobby life